con i magi reconda poclava peanuts Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Third Impact Anime. I am your host, Bill. I thought about rapping this intro, but you don't want to hear a white guy rap. You know how bad it's going to be. It's going to be like it's from 1984, and nobody wants that. And today, we're here to talk about the ginormous spring season of 2022 there was a lot of shows that i mostly watched <laughs> but there were some other people that watched uh stuff from the spring season and with me is tobias hello hello and sarah howdy howdy so what we're going to be doing here today is we'll be kind of doing a general rundown of the shows that we watched during the spring season, our general thoughts on them, and uh, just kind of our observations as we went through them. But uh, before we get into our individual shows of the season, what did we think of the spring season this year overall? Hmm. I, I, for one, was, was pretty surprised. Uh, I didn't go in expecting much of anything. Uh, there's one show, Spy Family, that I think everyone was looking forward to, of course. That's been the new hotness. But the other stuff I enjoyed was a complete, total surprise, which is honestly what I enjoy the most uh, when I approach these seasons. Not really knowing what's going to be great, but then finding two or three shows that come out of nowhere that just blow me away and, and, and change my life. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the past few years, there hasn't been a lot of seasons that I've like really wanted to juggle more than two or three shows on. And this season, I actually finished a few shows and like still have others that I'm like kind of poking at still. Um, so this is definitely the first season that's had many, many things in it since about like tw- late 2019, early 2020. That's like really caught my attention. Yeah, I would agree. Um, usually, I'll watch maybe one or two shows per season, but this season, I was a crazy man in that I watched 13 shows. Uh, and basically, this sidelined my other anime watching because the, the spring season basically consumed me. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, Bill, how much more Detective Conan do you really have to watch? I, I mean... That, that's a little outdated, Tobias, because I'm all up to date with Detective Conan, sir. Oh, you finished. You finally finished Conan. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> it took you what, like... That was like a year ago. Get, get, oh, okay. get with, get with the times, Tobias. <laughs> wow, what, what, what do you, so what do you... Oh, you're watching Hajime no Ippo now, right? I'm all caught up with that as well. So, oh, so well, at least the first series of Ippo. Um, now, now I'm doing Maison Ikoku. Well, let me Let me revise my statement then. Is there any anime left to watch... There's always more anime to watch, Tobias. Yeah, yeah like, there's always you, more. You crazy? Crazy man? But let's dissect my craziness and let's start going through each individual sh- show. First, with Aharon's son. So, 
I think I was the only one that watched all of Aharon-san, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I watched the first couple episodes, and it's, like, pretty cute, so I'm definitely going to keep watching it, but didn't keep up. <laughs> yeah, I think I really enjoyed the show because of how quirky it was, because the basic premise of Aharon-san is this girl named Aharon is whisper quiet, like, no one could can barely hear her. And one uh, gentleman in her class tries to get to know her better and try and kind of expand her communication so that way they can get to know each other better. And this leads to a lot of absurd things, such as, let's see, normal talking doesn't work, so why don't we try rapping to each other with microphones? (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll be able to have clear communication with each other. Or uh, let's try uh, sign language. And the best part is because of her being very stone-faced and very quiet when she speaks, the main uh, guy in the show overthinks all the time and it gets to absurd levels of overthinking. And that leads to some very comedic uh, instances in his mind that I really enjoyed. And also just they're very goofy with each other where they'll make like dramatic dance poses. They'll do like a rap pose. And so I just love these two goobers just uh, <laughs> just doing their own thing. So yeah, if you like uh, comedy, I highly recommend Aharon-san. And it has a very catchy opening that I thoroughly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I think I really enjoyed about this is the setup itself at a basic level, is just like Komi Can't Communicate, uh, which had been out for about a year now, the first season at least. But really what I think made Aharon-san stand out was the you know, the, the main guy, he's, he's kind of stone-faced, but he's also ready to accept Aharon's weirdness. Mm-hmm. She's really quiet, but she's also described as being kind of clingy, a little weird uh, as well. And he doesn't give up on her at least from the little bit that I've seen. And I think it really endears, endeared me to him and her and their relationship just because they're able to deal with each other's weirdness. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what makes the show really great is just everyone in the show is pretty weird. Like, she has a childhood friend that hides in, like, the ceiling or it's basically like a ninja just keeping track of her and where she goes and Kanahawazawa, who's a very prominent Japanese sayu, plays a teacher that keeps running into them and has really over-the-top fantasies about them just because of how Aww. weird they look. And just, it's Kanahawazawa, Kanahawazawa acting crazy, which is pretty fun. So yeah, I think that's what makes the show is just the weirdness of it and just the quirkiness of the characters and no one trying to change anybody. Like, they just accept themselves and uh the main guy accepts Aharon-san as who she is and doesn't try and change her which is pretty cool but uh why don't we get to a big contender of this of the season I think that most of us watch especially you Tobias let's get into Birdie Wang The 
lesbians, the anime. <laughs> I need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Birdie Wing, Birdie Wing was one of those surprises. Um, I I don't really watch a whole lot of sports anime, and I know that the idea that you know sports anime is not really about sports; it's about the anime and the weirdness. I know that that's a thing. That's that's no, it's nothing new. It's not surprised to anybody at this point, but. You know, sports really anime is not, still not really my thing. And golf, uh, I haven't thought about golf in ever. So <laughs> you told me this is an anime about golf. Uh, it's not tied to any people that I'm really aware of or really care about. Yeah, I wasn't going to watch this until the Twitter engine revved up. <laughs> and no one would shut up about Birdie Wang. And I'm glad I watched it. It's a, it's a good show. It's a great show. I, I think the show is kind of split into two distinctive tones, which the first half is Yakuza Golf, which is amazing, uh-huh. <laughs> where we meet uh, Eve, who's like basically a, a scrappy girl who gets by by destroying people in golf using her blue bullet. <laughs> and then she gets found out by, uh, by this Yakuza group. With uh, <laughs> he's led by other attractive women, and uh, basically they're like, "Yeah, we want to hire you for your golf skills," <laughs> and this leads to like a lot of betrayal, as expected with Yakuza plots, and uh, it's, all, it's all like the whole you know the established backstreet illicit golf gaming, golf gambling that everyone knows about is <laughs> just so prevalent in the oh, real world. Yeah. The black market <laughs> golfing. Where they have a custom golf course that they can just make in like five minutes. What? <laughs> Thanks to the power of technology. Is or, it like uh, indoor or outdoor? Indoor. It's okay. Indoor. It's like it was. It's like underground. They have an underground. Oh, thing like literally. Okay, when you said underground, you meant literally under the ground. Yeah, Got it's it. underground, and there's like train tracks and stuff that will take almost tiles, tiles of um, green you know, golf green that they can change around and add trees and junk. So it's, uh, it gets pretty crazy by that first part. I think that was, that was the big hook for me was just the Yakuza element. Cause I'm just like, what is the show? I don't, I don't understand it because when it's so absurd and that's what makes it great. And also what is Scamco's, Namco Bandai, Sunrise, whatever you want to call them. I call them Scamco. Uh, goal with the show. Because it's not based off a light novel. It's not based off a manga. There's no mobile phone game I know of for the show. And there's no, like... There's no, like, typical Scamco Trojan horse for this. There's no, like, Gundam build fighter. We're just trying to get younger people into Gundam. So... I, I I wonder where what the what what the Trojan horse is with the well, show. I mean, the the money obviously, Bill, is the uniforms that you can now buy. Uh, do you see that where they're selling the actual the uniforms they wear in the the ending animation? Oh, oh I did I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Like, I think I saw a link on AN a while back. You can pre-order the outfits they wear uh, in case you want to learn how to use the powers of the rainbow bullet. You too can play golf for the for the Yakuza. They do have very stylish golf outfits mm. uh, that are very distinctive. I also loved that. Um, I, I think you mentioned you mentioned this device, but all the Gundam references, like 
Eve's teacher is voice the in the in Japanese is the voice of uh, I believe it's uh, uh, Amuro 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 Rang and also the voice of Shanks from One Piece. <laughs> and uh, I believe the mysterious dude that we see, you know, Eve's teacher from the past. I believe he's voiced by Shaw's voice actor as well. Yeah, and so there's... add that on top of the gunpla that becomes a, a bit of, a bit of a plot point in the first part. Yeah, it's just chock a block with uh, Gundam references. And Eve's uh, rival has a Pac-Man golf ball that she likes to use. Yeah, Pac-Man. Pac-Man, and uh, <laughs> and just there's like a lot of subtlety. Gundam things in the background that if you pay attention you'll notice it but uh one I guess the interesting thing for me is the show feels like it's two two shows in one whereas the first like eight or nine episodes is the Yakuza plot and then the second half that we get is more of a traditional Eve is now in a school and it's traditional like golf tournament arc which I know you were kind of disappointed by initially Tobias yeah, I mean, I was at first. Um, that's that's the one failing of Birdie Wing, and what keeps it from being anime of the season for me. I feel like is like the strengths are when they're going crazy when she's like ricocheting golf balls off of trees through tree branches, you know, and still gets it perfect. That's great. Every time we see a Dazaki postcard memory, it's like Chef's kiss. Exactly <laughs> what I'm here for. But they just switch gears, and the gear was immediately, oh, we're in a high school now. <laughs> oh boy another anime high school uh but i will say that it picks up shortly after like it there's an episode where it just kind of drags for a bit but immediately it picks up and we're ended with uh i will kill you in golf which is a perfect <laughs> line yeah oh i i would say um if you like yakuza if you like if you like sports anime and uh they've also I'm probably the wrong person to to say this, but there's been a big Yuri aspect with this show. Uh, oh, yeah. Which, <laughs> a lot of strong female characters in the show throughout, not just with our main two leads, but I think for me, just because it was out of left field, I would say Birdie Wing is probably my show of the spring season, just because it was such a breath of fresh air. And I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't expect it at all. So I'm excited for where their second season goes. Because right now, I've, uh, Eve and her rival, is it Aoyoshi? Probably saying your name wrong. Aoi, yeah. Is uh, are basically on a team together where they're having to play the uh, other characters we kind of were hinted at in the opening. So... It'll be interesting to see how they work as a team because they're complete opposites where Eve is more just off the cuff, just let's go. And Ayoshi is more very meticulous, like she was born and bred by her mother to be a golf superstar. And everything's super meticulous with how she does things. I, I will say that I'm, I'm really surprised that we only got the one season right off the bat. Like, I guess that... Because it was original, they didn't expect it to take off. They were hedging their bets. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to spend the money, I guess. Because, I mean, hell, even even you mentioned the the opening, like it it references characters that have we haven't even seen yet. 
And it just feels natural that we go from the Yakuza arc to the high school arc to whatever that's going to entail. Like we're, we're looking at easily, easily two seasons to continue like total of three easy, easy three season show. And it's a little shocking to me that we're now going to have to take a half year break to wait for that uh, after everybody loved it. Well, it's, it's kind of, like you said, they probably hedged their bets because this is an original. It's very rare we get an original anime story, so they didn't. They probably thought like, well, "We'll just take our chances and see where, it, see how the merch sales do, and see the viewing numbers, <laughs> and we'll go from there based off that, and based off, I guess how how they've been doing in selling the uniforms and the numbers they got. Uh, they are going to get a second season. It's it's kind of. It's completely opposite, but kind of like how uh, I think it was Warner Brothers didn't think the Dune movie was going to do well. So they were mm-hmm. like, we're not going to immediately put part two into production because we think this is going to bomb. But then it turned out, oh, no, people really like this movie. <laughs> so now you have to wait like a two years for the uh, part two to come out. <laughs> uh, Tobias, is there anything else you'd like to mention about Birdie Wing or would you like to move on? No, I think that's pretty it. I think we cover the bases. Um, Sarah, go watch the show. It's great. Oh, yeah. Um, golf is like one of the few sports that I actually know some stuff about because I took it for my <laughs> college course. So I'm like, oh, well, if it's cute girls playing golf, I'm in. But especially if it's Yakuza related, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Sounds really interesting. I'm definitely going to add it to my long, long list. <laughs> It's funny because if you if you enjoy golf, you may actually not like Birdie Wing because oh, it completely no. dis- it disrespects golf. Oh, like the whole time they're teaching her, you know, you gotta you gotta aim it, you gotta do this, and she just like screw that. I'm just hitting the ball as hard as I can. I'm just gonna snap it. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah. It's not like your typical sports show where they're like, here we're gonna we're gonna spend like a segment showing you like one move or one aspect of the sport. No, she just. Eve just swings the ball as hard as she can, and you just see it just like, whoa, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with that. Golf deserves a little bit of disrespect. It's all right. (laughs) It's earned it. Well, let us move on to our next show, which Sarah watched, uh, called Dance, Dance, Danseur. Am I saying that correctly? I don't know. I don't know French that well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like Dance, Dance, Dancer, Dancer, Dance something. Um, Dancing. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty much about a kid who really, really liked ballet when he was younger and then his dad who was a stunt coordinator and like a big action man and like knew a ton of different martial arts dies when he's young and he kind of gets all of this like pressure pushed on him to like oh well you're so good at these martial arts just like your dad and like oh well you have to protect and take care of your family now so he decides to do martial arts instead until uh, middle school when um the girl he has a crush on does ballet and then he's like hey i remember ballet 
that was neat. I can't do it, though, because it's not manly. And there's that whole, um, like, social thing he gets to work through. But yeah, uh, overall, it turns into a really good drama with, like, a love triangle and, like, a competitor between him and this other guy who's, like, been doing ballet with his Russian grandmother since he could walk kind of thing. And um, I think, especially in the last couple episodes, it all really culminated nicely. It definitely, the pacing was a little off up until that point, And then it felt like they tried to cram a lot into the last couple episodes. But overall, I think it was pretty good. It reminds me a lot of Welcome to the Ballroom that came out a few years back. Uh, in terms of the weird style with the slightly too long necks. <laughs> um, but, but also just in terms of like, the story overall and then maybe a little bit of like uh billy elliot the musical just sprinkled in there too it was pretty good it's definitely worth a watch i would give it like a like a seven or an eight out of ten overall it's definitely not a thing where i could walk up to any anime fan and say oh my god you have to watch this but it's definitely like if you like sort of performing arts based stuff or if you really like romantic dramas it's definitely an interesting one based off your plot description i need to watch this show because yeah let's see a, a person a guy going from bruce lee to barishnikov yeah sounds really <laughs> really interesting and also i'm a sucker for a good uh, romance rival plot mm-hmm. <laughs> so sign me up uh, I will be checking. Is this on uh, Crunchyroll? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know when this was it started, I had a lot of people talk about it, and it's something that was kind of on the back of back of my mind. They want to check this out. I, I saw uh, comparisons initially to like Yuri on Ice. Do you think maybe that somebody that enjoyed Yuri on Ice would would enjoy this as well? Any crossover there? Yeah, I think so. I think it. Um doesn't have the same kind of structure as Yuri on Ice does where he's like going to different competitions and it's like a pretty linear thing of like obviously he's aiming for this so then he's going to go here here and here um it's a little bit more zigzagging back and forth but um the like performances the way that they're animated a lot of the like main moments are just really they hit so good you know and there's a good build up to them um i haven't seen yuri on ice in forever but i feel like that aspect of it is pretty similar is the is the dance sequences of are most of it done in cgi i think there's only like one that's has some cgi some of it might be like i don't want to say like rotoscoped from cgi but like they took cgi and then kind of used that as the reference Hmm. but a lot of it is just 2d straight up making this show sound better (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well that's that's awesome to hear that it's more traditional uh, animation for the dancing because i imagine they would use cgi because dance animation is very hard so yeah i think there's only one and it's because it's like a whole ensemble thing with like a bunch of like little girls dancing for like their cute little thing and all that so it's like not as important 
Well, also, I didn't realize until I was researching it for the podcast that the director, um, Munehisa Sekai, also did Zombieland Saga, a hundred or so episodes of One Piece. I don't know if those were the good episodes or not. Someone tell me. <laughs> and also, like, Sailor Moon Crystal. And I was like, huh. Hmm. <laughs> Wild. That's a diverse uh, directing credit list. <laughs> I mean, are there really any good episodes of One Piece? I, I don't know. Like, I don't. <laughs> but, you know, it's the journey along the way, Tobias. <laughs> that's that's the answer. It's the journey along the way. Well, why don't we move on to another show that I watched <laughs> called <laughs> RPG Real Estate. I like how you made the pun there about moving um Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> That's my contribution to the episode. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you can just kick back for the rest of us. We got this one. Now, to, to bias and Sarah, I know you haven't watched the show, but based mm-hmm. off the title, RPG Real Estate, what do you think this show is about? Um, uh, this is about the FF14 housing market. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck getting a house. They Blood made a night about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably just about a, a cute little real estate agent trying to sell cute little houses to cute little RPG people. You're Sarah, you got it right on the money. Yay! It's about uh, basically a real estate agency made up of like um, mostly uh, female characters um, that each has like a particular like RPG class that mm-hmm. they sell real estate property to different people. Like, and I just love the premise of like, is this going to be like an HGTV show? <laughs> But in anime form. House Hunters. And so it's like, I I have to see how this plays out. (laughs) And it's a very cute show where the basic premise is like they get a new client in and they have to help them with their unique situation. So an example of one memorable episode is they had a bard that came into their real estate agency and said, uh, I want to move in, but I keep getting kicked out of wherever I go to. And uh, they ask her to sing, and she sings horribly. <laughs> so oh, what do they do? They move her to a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> and her horrible singing voice makes the ghost go, Oh, it's terrible. I can't stand it. I need to get out of here. <laughs> and the ghost leaves, and she moves into the now not-so-haunted house. Uh, Perfect. Or another one was a girl had a, a I think a, a witch had a Pegasus creature, and she was like, I want to live with my with my companion Pegasus, but there is no room because 
it's ginormous. So it was them trying to find different housings that would fit their budget and uh, the size of the Pegasus creature. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that this show said had it told you right at what it was on the tin. It was a it was actually about real estate. Uh, there is like a there's one character in the show called Fa and she's like a half dragon and she's like the basically the mascot of the real estate company and she has like a backstory um, that they that plays a part in the later episodes but I didn't really care about that I was more interested in the real estate <laughs> and just the and I also liked that it wasn't like oh this is this is an isekai where I'm trapped in a world, what do I do with my life? Become a real estate agent? No, it's just generic fantasy. It looks like it sticks to this premise pretty well. It sticks to its premise. It's it sticks with what it says on the can. <laughs> so I was I was quite entertained with seeing how they would find these different real estate homes across a fantasy world for these different people. So if you like HGTV shows, but also want an anime into it i highly recommend rpg real estate maybe they can help me find a plot in ishgard <laughs> damn you know you know maybe because fa could the big the big feather in their cap is that fa could translate every single different language so that helped reduce a lot of barriers so maybe <laughs> she could help you with the different language barriers in final fantasy 14 with the free expansion heaven sword <laughs> when are you playing bill you can get a house in this game that's all you need you know i, I got i got a house in skyrim like 10 years ago and i was i was pretty happy <laughs> with that and then fallout 4 ruined it with its janky controls and i said no 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 more no more house no more no more video game <laughs> house hunting for me only real houses <laughs> Yes, <laughs> real houses, says I, if I can afford it. move on to our next show um as this i as with most seasons there's sequels to uh series from seasons past and this is one of them comey can't communicate and i believe besides me watching it thankfully sarah also watched it yeah yep i watched the first few episodes uh like a year ago <laughs> Sarah, what did you think of Comey Can't Communicate Season 2? Um, I mean, it really took Season 1 and kept rolling with it. There were a lot more, like, ensemble moments where they got to do go do things with, like, as a group of huge friends all together, which were really fun. I think it's also progressing the relationship between the two main characters slowly but surely which is good to see 
Inching ever so slowly. Just, <laughs> you know, like a cat going to knock a glass of water off the edge of your desk. Just slightly. You know it's going to happen eventually. Uh, but when? Who knows? Only the cat knows. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was pretty good. I think a lot of the characters introduced were fun. I liked the field trip and how uh, it kind of flipped the expectation of like normally field trips in anime are like, okay, it's time for the main cast to kind of all be together and all have fun new experiences together. And instead it was like, okay, here are these two background characters that you've maybe kind of seen in the background of a couple episodes. <laughs> We're going to learn all about them now. <laughs> and it was like, what? Uh, all right. I mean, they're pretty cool too, I guess. <laughs> well, I, lo I love that whole yeah. sequence of field trip episodes because for the longest time Komi has been glued to um main dude's name who I'm forgetting um and so Tadano, you figure like Tadano Hito Hito that's He's it just some dude <laughs> yeah Sarah saving me with my horrible remembering of names yeah where I thought okay they're just gonna be together because they're they're basically like glue and they're mm -hmm. they're always together and it was it was refreshing to see her kind of be without him and seeing how she would react to new people. Yeah. And I liked how at first the two background characters are like, oh my God. Because the big thing is the way Komi visually looks makes her look to everyone else like she's a goddess. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's how everyone treats around her. And they at first feel the same way. And Komi is like out of her element and just like, I don't know how to talk to these people. I'm a little, I'm scared. I'm really nervous. But then gradually they grow to really enjoy their company with each other and get to feel, be more comfortable with each other, which I thought was a really cool kind of twist on what we typically see and more character development for Komi as she gets more and more friends. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I loved the, um, like, Yankee looking dude who is actually just not that at all who thinks that Komi is secretly a master of communication and like calls <laughs> her master all the time <laughs> he was I, lo I love the dude who thought he was the coolest dude in the room yeah. <laughs> and he's not he's like completely like lame like no one recognizes him except for one dude who like does background commentary on him yeah and he was quite entertaining. The big is funny because for Love is War, mm -hmm. which we'll get into later, Love is War, I feel, I got lost with the new characters they introduced where it just they became background where just like, I didn't care about the new characters they were introducing mm -hmm. in Love is War. Whereas with Komi, they, they would do, introduce a new character, they'd get like a segment or like a one episode where they would be the focus. And then they would kind of have their background bits in the background and I could still remember them. But with Love is War, I just couldn't remember a lot of the new characters they introduced. They just became kind of white noise to me at, mm. at, at points. Yeah. I feel like Komi almost has a, like, <laughs> I want to say monster of the week uh, approach, but instead it's like <laughs> friend of the week. And then every once in a while there's something else happening. <laughs> Uh, yeah. The monster that she conquers is her own social anxiety. But yeah, I agree. And I think it's also that, like, the characters are all very much, like, 
they fit into some kind of stereotype or something, but like maxed out to 500, which is what kind mm-hmm. of makes them memorable and makes the gags work for them. Hmm. Is that it just kind of goes all out all the time with whatever they do? Like the Chunibyo girl never stops. Even if she's in the episode for two seconds, you know, you remember her. <laughs> Actually, who is, do you have a favorite Komi friend? Uh, uh, I don't know. I really like Tadano's sister. She's hilarious. I love her. I don't think she counts as a friend, but yeah, Tadano's sister is probably my favorite character in the whole show. What about you? Well, you're probably, okay, I, I'm cool with a groan to this response, but I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the, the Yandere friend. <laughs> like just because oh of God. how absurd she would get like there's one episode where she's in hawaii hawaii on vacation during christmas and then she gets a phone call <laughs> where, she, where she, she says oh Comey's having a holiday party and then immediately is back in japan yeah like that <laughs> who needs hawaii when you can be near that one girl that you're uh, concernedly obsessed with it's fine <laughs> It's fine. She's not going to cause any harm or like murder anybody. It's fine. And that's where the comedy comes from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, she's fun. And I also really enjoyed... uh, What's her... The... um, She's very... She's just very normal compared to everybody else. The, um, The one in the first season that Comey thought main dude was in a relationship with and helped her bake uh, the cookies for christmas oh the uh, the older sister like character trope what is her name i know like, well, it's like one something something like that but she, yeah she's she's just very cool with things and and just kind of goes with the flow which i think is just it's a nice kind of i'm just a normal character and i'm i don't have a work a quirky trait which mm-hmm. is nice so I really enjoy her, but uh, I'm I'm hoping we get another season of this, mm-hmm. and but you never know because this is a this has been a Netflix show. Yeah. And... Also, the ending of this season felt really like how do I put it like very like final like it kind of went over yeah. a lot of the first season and second season stuff. Where they did um... like the flashback montage. Right. At the end. Yeah. Which is very, yeah. that was cute. Um, so I don't know. Like, I would love to have a second season. I have a friend who's read the manga, and she was like, no, but they haven't even gotten to, like, this character, this character, and I love them. Yeah, it was hilarious. Like, I was watching a YouTube video, and <laughs> in the in the kind of the montage, the comments were like, but the rival, she's there. She's right there. <laughs> we're almost there. And, uh. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping we get another season, but who knows? We might wait a year, we might wait 10 years. Yeah. I so, think also yeah. from what I've seen, it's like getting really mixed reviews in Japan and also even abroad too. Like you either love it, hate it or have absolutely no opinion on it. <laughs> so From what from what I've heard, and this is hearsay, so I don't know if it's <laughs> exactly true, but in Japan, they're not, they do not like the character designs. Yeah. At, at all. Like, they just don't tell- think it translated to anime as well or something somehow. Which I don't understand because the character designs, I think, are really good. And yeah. It's, the show has beautiful backgrounds. 
Yeah. Same. For me, so, I'm like, Comey's really interesting. Tadano's interesting with his cute little, like, weird asterisk in his hair all the time. Um, <laughs> oh, it's Calvick? Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, even in the first few episodes of season one, I could see how, like, oh, well, there's a lot of stuff happening with words right now. That probably is really cool in the manga, but they made it really cool in the anime, too. So they really translated a lot of stuff from the manga into the anime pretty well, I feel like. Mm. Well, but yeah, season uh, well, three, hopefully, eventually, please. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, OLM, who it was the studio behind Komi, he was primarily known as the Pokemon Studio, has taken uh-huh. on a lot, a lot on their plate. Like they did Comey, they did Odd Taxi, which Tobias you loved, and they're doing, they're doing another series, which I am being a bad host and forgetting what it is. Um, how dare you, I know, how dare me? But <laughs> looking at the list, I've got it pulled up now. They've worked on. Uh, Nagatara second attack. Yeah, they're they're doing. They're, thank you. They're doing. Please don't tease me. Miss Nagataru second mm-hmm. attack, which is coming next year. So they they have a lot on their plate currently. So if we get another season, it might be another studio that tries their crack at Comey can't communicate. Yeah, to be to be fair for OLM, they're a big studio. <laughs> like the team that works on Pokemon is not the same team that's working on comey necessarily well that's true but it's just before odd taxi and combing they just did pokemon so it's it's been weird i guess for me as an observer that they're doing other things besides pokemon i mean looking at their wikipedia entry now there's a lot but you're right it's it seems to be a lot of smaller stuff here comparatively and most certainly well known for pokemon for sure Mm. I mean, I'm glad to see them do other stuff. I'm glad to see that they're not just the Pokemon studio. Stuff like Nagatoro <laughs> is very popular, very well known, like uh, uh, like like Komei here. So mm-hmm. good to see them try to work their way under and do original stuff. Yeah, I don't think they have, amongst their original stuff, they haven't had a bad one yet. So I'm excited to see what they do and what they do with Nagatoro whenever that comes out next year. So... And maybe in the Odd Taxi compilation movie, which should be coming soon-ish. But instead of me ravaging on about a studio, let's talk about (laughs) Super Sentai anime with (laughs) love after world domination. So this is another thing that I've been told to watch since the beginning of the season, but never did because I'm bad at time management and cannot watch 13 shows in a season like <laughs> no, Bill. No, to buy, Tobias, here's here's what you need to do. Get a co-pilot. Get a, get a co-pilot to watch the shows with you because then you'll have someone to comment and it'll make the shows more fun. That's the key. Uh-huh. That's the I gotta key. hire somebody. I need a, an I need an anime secretary to help 
manage my watching. <laughs> Got to pay them a, a full time livable wage just so I can watch all my Japanese porno cartoons <laughs> in a timely manner. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I started it. Uh, I finally sat down with it for this episode and immediately kicked myself because uh, the show's great. It's pretty funny. Uh, of the sort of rom-coms that I did check out this season, it's uh, it's got the weird premise where it's the Red Ranger and Rita Repulsa basically hook up and start dating while their respective teams are fighting in the background and that abandoned factory and quarry that we all know and love from, from Power Rangers. Uh, it's It's got that sort of quirky premise. And even when you work past that, I feel like the actual rom-com situations they're in are are pretty endearing, pretty pretty cool as well. Uh, I like the characters. Uh, they're both they're also goofballs, but in in different ways than Aharon or our Komi and crew. So I found it kind of refreshing, honestly. Yeah, I real I at first was like, um, I don't know if this is a good show for me because I thought it was gonna be kind of uh, what I like to call '80s yuck yuck, where it's just like. <laughs> Oh, I'm supposed to be on a dinner date, but I scheduled the same person at the same time. I know what I'll do. I'll date. I'll go on the same date at the same time, and they won't notice the difference. <laughs> That's like an example of '80s yuck yuck. Uh, okay. I was fearful it was going to be that, but no. What I found was a really good rom com in a Super Sentai shell. <laughs> um, where each of them has their own kind of responsibilities and the fears of being found out. I, I loved how the villain organization the uh, main girl works for basically has their own structure of how things work and <laughs> how things operate. It's very Venture Brothers-esque at times of just, uh, yeah. this, is how, this is how it works in this evil organization where I'm a hench, where her dad was a henchman and... He's really happy to see her daughter rise to the ranks beyond just the henchman level. And is a, he, he gets upset when henchmen that are active today are, are giving it their all and not um, <laughs> feeling the pain of what a henchman has to actually go through. They're just trying to get through the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, and just the kind of the quirky characters we meet on both Team Gelato and uh, the the evil organization that's straight out of Power Rangers is uh, pretty clever. Um, I will also say this show continues the trend of rap being involved because uh, the in the opening there's a lot of rapping, oh. and uh, oh, okay. we we have we have <laughs> we'll get into this later when we get to Yobuikoming very shortly, but rapping seems to have taken over this season. And uh, I don't know why. I'm not against it, but I was confounded how in the past it was firefighters and fire that had taken over for a while, and now it's rapping. I don't, I don't understand the anime psyche. Um, I mean, if we look at anime trends, I will take rapping and firefighters over Little Sisters any day. So <laughs> this is a wholesome trend. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> Uh, that is that is true um but if you there's not much to say it's just like it's a traditional rom-com of misunderstandings between the two of them and between the people that are in their lives and uh with a sentai 
Power Rangers type skin. And if you like the Power Rangers aspect of it, I think you'll get a kick out of this. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think they could do another season if they choose to do that. But if this is all that we get, then I'm content. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, The the Sentai was pretty much just a skin over everything. The comedy, I felt, worked for the most part. I see what you're saying when you talk about the yuck-yuck humor. I don't think it really hits that ever. It's genuinely funny, I felt, for the most part. Uh, their interactions and the two main the, the two main leads are actually cute and cute together so it worked out for me I would definitely be finishing this show excited to hear that Well, you read me like a book. Your boy Kong Ming is pretty great. Uh, this is, uh, again, another complete and total surprise. I had never heard of this before. Uh, it has been adapted from a manga, which I want to say uh, started in either 2017 or 2019, something like that, just a, just a few years back. Uh, and by way of premise, uh, we have a tactician from the Romance of the Three Kingdoms era, uh, he dies in his time and is reverse isekai'd into the modern era. He wakes up in uh, 2020, I think it's like 2020 or something like that, 2018, uh, Tokyo, where he gets involved with the party scene, the clubbing scene. And he's so enamored with music and modern culture that he just falls in love with it. And very shortly after, he meets a young songstress, Eiko, who is down on her luck, trying to make it in this industry just singing at clubs just to make ends meet. And he becomes basically her publicity, her publicity coach, I guess. And manager, uh, he, basically. Yeah, nice. manager, yeah. He he swears an oath that he will make her, her uh, popular, make her well-known. He wants the world to hear her voice. And he he's dedicates himself to this cause. And it's pretty much that. Uh, we have him doing like military stratagems and tactics to get her uh, appearances into different shows and to the, 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 the whole main overarching plot for season one is getting her into this huge, like, um, well, like Lollapalooza type set uh, show, like a huge summer, summer Sonya is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And the lead up to that. And it's, I think what really is great about this is he's, he's really dedicated into making her a better person and making her art better. And she is likewise inspired by his dedication to her. And to see how they play off each other uh, and it, in that way is just great. And there are other characters that he also brings into the fold, ultimately to help publicize her. But they their lives are also touched and improved by his presence. And just to show about people helping each other out was really, really touching. Uh, I teared up several times watching this show. The whole thing... Great. Awesome. Anime of the season. Yeah, an example of his tactician skills is Eiko is invited at one point to a concert venue by another Mm. popular singer 
And basically, she's just sent there to fail. Yeah. Because oh. just like you, you're a lower singer, and she does this. She does this. Um, the popular singer as a, kind of a uh, vengeful thing to do, and as kind of an ego booster herself. So, what does our grand grand strategist do? He plants trees all around the venue, confusing the audience members. Where is the exit? And what? where is the bathroom? <laughs> so so basically, they're kind of stuck there because they don't know where to go once they get into Echo's room. And that leads to a diversion of more people going to Echo's room than the main singer that is supposed to be the star. All thanks to Grand Strategy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the show shows you this too. Like It, it actually references stuff from the, you know, the Three Kingdoms. Uh, novel series so it's not just making it off the top you know of their head mm. it it ties back into actual stories and this is the thing that we as westerners don't aren't really usually as familiar with the romance of the three kingdoms but this is you know like the equivalent to arthur in the knights of the round table something like that or even biblical stories like stuff that everyone is just aware of in, in asia so it's kind of cool to see that brought up in a, a larger show i only have really one complaint with this show and it's really nitpicky it's only one season that's my complaint (laughs) (laughs) well we'll see the the manga is still going kodansha is releasing the manga digitally so because they didn't think this was going to sell well probably (laughs) so they said you're going to be a digital exclusive because we don't know if you're going to sell and also it's hard to sell like manga that's based on music because you can't hear it when you're reading it so there's a bit of a disconnect so i can see why they made it a digital series but my my big complaint is so there's a rival group called azalea in the your boy coming that's basically the lead singer becomes friendly with eiko and they become rivals at least initially and the big the manager for azalea is at first is like no, this is how music has to be because this will get you the views. This will get you the 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 popularity that you crave. You can't just be like a K-On rock band. You have to put on like revealing idol costumes and you have to sing like pop songs. And then at the end, after they lose, he kind of turns into a softy and is like, you know what, it's fine. I'll still be your manager. And you can be what you want to be. And mm. I'm like, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to be the tyrannical <laughs> Yakuza manager who's tyrannical in his viewpoint and is pure evil. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. more, that's more fun. It's like, it's like a good example of that. And this is, this is going to, I don't know how Sarah's lore of Idolmaster is, okay. but... In Idol Master, there's the rival group to 765 Pro. I think it's yeah. 916. And the president of that is voiced by um, the the oh, uh, the main bad guy in, in JoJo. Yeah, um, Dio. 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 He's voiced Dio. by Dio. Dio. And they, basically, he's tyrannical in wanting to destroy 765 Pro at all costs. In the uh-huh. anime, in the in, in the games, and whatever, and I want basically I wanted the manager to be like that tyrannical 
I want to destroy you, burn the world down, not become a softy and <laughs> and and be like, oh, okay, I'll let you do what you want. It's like, no, that's not fun. Tyrannical evil is more fun. Because <laughs> then you we just have... want people. You just don't want redemption arcs. You want everyone to be evil. <laughs> oh no, redemption arcs can be fine, but it just seemed kind of out of left field because he, he basically at the end was like, okay. We didn't see him like realize like, oh yeah, they're actually good. We didn't see any of that. He just was kind of threw his hands up and said, "Oh okay." That works too, I guess. I know this is now. I admit this is a stupid nitpick. It's a very stupid nitpick, but it's one thing that annoyed me. And I would agree with that. I don't think it's a stupid nitpick at all. Um, I think what it really comes down to, at least for me, was I thought Azalea was going to be a long-term rival. Uh, I thought this is like season two territory, but they wrapped that up by the end of season one. Really uh, quickly. Sure, yeah, um, and I, I think the like the, the Azalea girls are going to come back. Like, they're not done done, but they have gone over their villain arc, you know. They are no, they are no longer Vegeta, Saiyan Saga Vegeta. They are now, <laughs> you know, like uh, Frieza era Vegeta, where they've turned good, as it were. Right? And I kind of would have wanted them to be more villainous, um, even into the second season. Uh, that I thought we were going to get immediately, but I guess not. So I, I could see your 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 um your issue with that for sure. Because uh, if if that redemption had occurred twelve episodes from now, then that would be better. But it did seem a little anticlimactic. This ending did. Um, yeah, where they were the way I would have done it. Where they were very, it felt very much like, oh crap, we don't, we only have so much time to to wrap our story up, and we sent mm-hmm. we spent so much time on the wrapping guy. <laughs> So, <laughs> which, which, by the way, was the best episode of the whole series. Um, that was a great episode. Are you talking about the one where he's basically in? An, he's basically anime Eight Mile, <laughs> where, <laughs> where, where he he's like, I'm I'm too scared to rap. I don't I don't know if I'm good enough to do it. But then he gets back on stage, and like and like Eminem in Eight Mile, <laughs> just wipes the floor. The anime rap battle was again speaking of rap rap battles and an anime uh but that episode was six was amazing loved it yeah so i guess wrapping our thoughts on you're gonna wrap up the discussion about the rap battle is that what you're doing <laughs> oh no i thought another time <laughs> yeah no it's great um the, the one issue i think with this is this came out on high dive which not a whole lot of people are subscribed to by default so mm-hmm became a little challenging for people to watch yeah i know the opening was like blowing up all over the place um because it looks great and sounds great i forgot i forgot okay this is good this is gonna get this is this is gonna make tobias hate me i don't like the opening i don't like i don't like it well, can't let them all, Bill. <laughs> can't be right all the time. I, I will say my hot take is that I, I like the ending song more than the opening. Yes! But they're both great. I, uh, the ending song was way better. And I think my, my annoyance with it was I didn't like the chorus. The chorus just was too repetitive for me. Chicky Chicky Bon Bon? Yes. It was, too, it, was too, it was like an annoying earworm for me. And I just like... <laughs> You're not you're not that clever, song. You're just I, you're, I, you're just repeating the chorus over and over again. I uh, I did like the animation that it went with it. There are a lot of little scenes, uh, little fun little eye catches that really made it pop, uh, more so than just the music did. 
Fair, fair. I'll give you that. The animation for the opening was very good. But uh, no, I was, I was not a not a fan of most people's song of the season. Uh, that that probably goes to world world uh, world love after domination, love after <laughs> domination. That song got stuck in my head after hearing it. <laughs> you say so, Bill. You know, I I, that, that, I have to the hipster on at least one thing, Tobias. <laughs> you need one hot take per episode. <laughs> you know, you know me. I'm the I'm the sports radio guy of anime, giving you <laughs> giving you BS hot takes. You're the John Madden of the Third Impact podcast. <laughs> no, jo- John Madden would never do that. How dare you? This this great John. <laughs> he just died like a year ago. So that's. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking more like the Skip Bayless or the Stephen A. Smith of anime hot takes. <laughs> By God, here he comes with the steel chair. <laughs> Look at him beat down that t- that anime. Oh my God. Yeah, Bill, were we gonna not do tangents this episode? No, well, <laughs> I did. I did. I didn't want to do it, but you led me down this pathway, Bias. I did it. <laughs> a 30 second tangent isn't gonna kill nobody it's fine it's fine well maybe maybe i can rewind time just like in summertime rendering and we yeah, can maybe we should maybe we should head to the summer time and render this episode With that great, great segue out of the way, um, Tobias, you've only seen the first episode of Summertime Rendering. This show is in weird region locked jail because Disney, of all people, licensed this show. And it is on Disney Plus around the world except the United States. And Disney Plus, compared to North America, is more of a general streaming service compared to Disney Plus in North America. And even with that said, I don't understand how in the world the show is on Disney Plus. Because this show, without, I don't want to go into spoilers because this show is an onion. Um, but it's basically, <laughs> let's do a mystery with time travel with Higurashi. Uh, Higurashi when they cry. Mm-hmm. It leads to just the onion getting peeled more and more and more and it makes me wonder how in the world is this on Disney Plus? Because <laughs> this does not fit their brand in the United States and I I really wonder if this show will get out of its jail and where it would end up. The closest I could see it would be Hulu, but who knows? Because Hulu's not known for doing anime exclusives. They do; they have some anime, but it's all like sub-licensed stuff. Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There is, um, you know, Disney has licensed it, but they haven't actually put it out. Um, 
at all. Uh, well, I should say, like you said, in America, in, in North America, they've only released it in uh, some like Southeast Asian countries right now. So it could just be that they're just distributing it for that. It mm-hmm. could be that they're going to do it Netflix style and release everything all at once. It's really tough to say because, as you said, this is um, certainly more violent than I would think uh, the Disney would normally handle. Of course, we've we've seen, uh, I want to say, like, The Mandalorian had a little more mature stuff happening. I mean, hell, Kenobi had a straight-up school shooting (laughs) in the first scene, uh, which is kind of shocking. And we've seen the Marvel street-level M-rated Netflix shows get on to Disney. So yeah, so I mean, it could very well be that they're aiming for a more diverse platform uh, overall, which I could see it. But it's, it's really tough to say at this point. Uh, as far as anime is concerned, they've only picked up this, and I want to say um, Tatami Time Machine Blues, um, which I don't think is out yet either. I certainly haven't seen anyone talk about it. Uh, that's a movie. I want to say just kind of. Should need some quick googling to confirm. And they got the sequel to Black Rock Shooter, which they're also is a, okay. is a Disney Plus Japanese exclusive. Oh, that's why I couldn't find that anywhere. Hmm. Well, Bill, this is the reason I have a hard time watching thirteen shows this season is I have to fly to Japan to watch every episode <laughs> of summertime rendering. Yes, the, watch it, you know, legal. I I have been getting a lot of frequent flyer miles. So, and in this economy, it's, 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 it's pretty, it's, it's, it's saving me a good, uh, of money here, but, uh, I will, I will, I'm, 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 I know, uh, Tori's not on this episode, but this is a very much a Tori show Mm -hmm. and I, I will be really interested to hear her take on this show whenever it gets, if it ever gets released here in the United States. It is. It's funny how it's been trending on the anime trending stuff. It, so I'm at this point. I'd be like Disney. You should just release it to somebody or sub license it because people were finding their ways to watch it, whether that's flying through Japan or through other means. Mm-hmm. Um, are you ta- are you talking about that that place to get the hard to find anime like Decadence? Uh, what's it called? Naya. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, you know, if, if we had a sponsorship from, say, NordVPN or Surfshark, here's where it would go. So please contact us because we would love to say, yeah. but now with NordVPN, even you can watch anime available only in Japan. Um, you, you you can go to Lithuania and watch anime. <laughs> you can watch the Lithuanian exclusive anime. Now with discount code Tangent Town. So wait, so what was the exact <laughs> like premise of Summertime? Like, what makes it so uh, close to Higurashi uh, and so, so violent? I think is what uh, I'm interested so, in. So, so basically, I, this is in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Is a tragedy occurs on this island. Uh, the main guy comes to this island for a funeral of a friend that oh. had passed on. It's, it's for the most part, it, it's his childhood friend. Might as well be his sister. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. Um, and strange things are happening throughout the town where people were, have been disappearing and and um, there's something eerie happening with, with shadows in the background. And he basically, like Tobias uh, said earlier, uh, at least to me, is... 
summertime rendering is a bit kind of like Groundhog Day, where he is to re he's re or Medora's mask, where he's repeating the day over and over again, oh. trying to figure out like what is happening and what is causing this. And uh, I think, I, they, I think uh, your comparison to Higurashi was certainly like that. That's pretty much a if it, it takes sort of Higurashi's here's a local rural town steep in its own lore, its own background, while also mysterious murders are happening. Mm -hmm. If that's if that's your thing, then you will love some time rendering. They also hired the Higurashi choir to sing in the background. Nice. So <laughs> so if you like the creepy Higurashi choir girls and like, man, I missed that, summertime rendering has got your back. <laughs> this, this is like this is going into a second Core. Yeah, they do. It's a twenty-six episode. It's a twenty-six episode show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which is very, which is very rare. I can't think of many shows that get twenty-six episodes this day and age. I watched. I enjoyed the first episode that I saw. It was I mean, the the art looks really good. Um, so it takes place on that island, so you see these uh, deep blue waters. Uh, just the the city nestled on the. The coast of this little island. Everything looks gorgeous. Very visually, you know, nice, great. Pretty much just Higurashi, plot-wise. So, Tori, if you were listening to this, this is, <laughs> your, this is your show of the season. Go, go watch it. And now we're going to do something completely different. And <laughs> that we're going to be talking about Shigemori is not just a cutie. So, I was not the only one that watched the show. Sarah, you also were checking the show out. Yeah. I've gotten through most of it. I haven't finished it yet because I'm watching it with other people. Um, mm -hmm. And if I finished it without my girlfriend, she would kill me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, really cool. I love visually just how vibrant the color palette of this show is. I love how it sort of flips the protective boyfriend and cute klutzy girlfriend trope and just kind of switches it around to where like mm. this poor guy is just always like tripping over stuff and almost getting hit by cars and stuff and his girlfriend is like super cool and just scrambling to help him out all the time <laughs> i think similar to a lot of other shows it has a really good cast of like side characters happening but it does have kind of a smaller main cast that it sticks to that sort of helps it um, stay pretty solid and not get too tropey with all of the characters that they introduce. And yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, Shikimori is pretty cool. She is not just a cutie. I also like that, unlike a lot of romance shows, they're already a couple. Yes, that's also very nice. You kind of get flashbacks to kind of see how it built up to that. But ultimately, it's like they're mm -hmm. in the relationship. They're figuring it out. Go kind of thing. Yeah, and I also like that he, his, the main guy's main quirk is just he's very unlucky and injury prone. And he always feels like, oh, I'm just, 
he feels kind of like, well, I'm nothing compared to her. Yeah. But or like as, he's a burden. As, yeah. Yeah, as as kind of the as the show progresses, you see that he actually gives a lot of support to her, mm-hmm. and that it's mutually beneficial for both of them, which I I think is great. Like it's a very kind of positive couple show. Like there's not a lot of heavy drama with them. Mm-mm. It's it's more very the main guy like over worrying and over overthinking things which is very common in anime of just like will she like this will is i'm trying to go beyond my clumsy self i don't want to jinx things i think that's pretty cool i also i I don't know if you got to this but did you get to the the episode with the with the rival yes i think it treated that so interestingly compared to anything else i've seen that episode blew my mind. Yeah, it was so good. Be- it was so good because usually a rival in a romance plot in anime will either kind of just wilt away and go away, or they will just say, they will just kind of like concede and then just kind of just float into the background and the main characters don't have any like confrontation. But in this one, um, is it is the main girl Shigamori? Is that her name? Yeah, Shigamori's um, the pink hair main girl. Yeah, not totally not based off Utena. <laughs> no, uh, I'm glad I'm not the only person that caught that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Shigamori goes to her and confronts her, like on top of the school, and just the frankness of it was really interesting. The on the honesty between the two of them, right about about her feelings for main guy and the other one's feelings for main guy and just her being not she can worry but the rival being mm-hmm. very emotionally open yeah about like i wanted this i wanted my chance but i never got it and just her frustration and her sadness over it and you would think that Shigamori would be like, well, tough luck. She's very empathetic towards the rival. Yeah, it's a great example of communication. And you could argue that it's maybe like there's a little bit too much emotional maturity there for it to be a couple of teenagers talking. But I do think it's a great mm-hmm. example to show in media of like, look, just because someone has a crush or feelings for someone that you care about, like, it doesn't automatically make them a terrible person. Like, they just happen to have feelings. And, you know, they'll work through that, hopefully, and not be a jerk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I think that was, for me, that was probably the the, hot, the best episode of the series. Mm-hmm. And it's not to spoil things for you, because I know you're still watching it, mm-hmm. but I felt like the finale just kind of ended on a whimper. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully it's because maybe eventually a second season might be coming, but who knows? Who, you never know with anime. It's a, it's a roll of the dice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, we're getting a Spice and Wolf season like 10 years afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Devil's a part-timer. <laughs> yeah, Devil's a part-timer, which is airing this summer. Um, but uh, yeah, if, I think... Uh, if you're into romance anime and would like to see a more mature take on it, I highly recommend Shigamori 
uh, especially that rival episode. Yeah. And just the um, it's just cool to see another another anime where a couple is already together. I think the only one I can think of is um, I think my love story. Even if they're not together at the beginning, like they're pretty quickly. It's not yeah. a will they won't they yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which I agree. Like, I think going into this, I kind of, man, I went from liking it to disliking it to liking it to disliking it, like, with every five minutes that passed. <laughs> like, I found it refreshing that that there's no will-they-won't-they they bullshit. Like, they get straight into it. They're in love. That's great. But then there's a thing, all they do is, like, okay, oh, I love you. I love you so much. I love you. I love you. Okay, let's move on to the next point. Like, it's, you got a little... A little grating, almost, mm. uh, at that point. And then the next scene we would get, mm. uh, the, the episode one had the bowling alley scene, which I thought was the only genuinely funny part to the first episode, uh, where they all kind of bowl together, and they, they try to make her... Uh, I think they, they they initially try to make her lose, because it's cuter if you lose. But she's so inspired by uh, the main dude that <laughs> she just like knocks it out of the park, and everyone's shocked at how great uh, this not-Utena girl is uh, is bowling. Uh, the one thing that bugged me, I think, the most is their eyes. Did you guys notice the irises? Oh, I I really liked that part of it. It was it. Um, I think if they had done everything else, and if <laughs> all the other characters had the same eyes, I wouldn't mind so oh, much. Oh yeah. But with with you know, it's 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 got this typical animation style. Everything is is like a, a dark line, but their eyes have this really blobby. CG look to them mm. and they're like bright purple like in Shikimori's got like a bright purple uh color to it and I think the main guy does too it stood out in a way that I like I like the color palette but the way it was done compared to everything else just made it look like they're possessed <laughs> it's very strange I I didn't I didn't mind it I just thought it was just kind of like oh well that's kind of your typical if generic kind of anime like style like i i don't think the character does like the character designs didn't blow me away they they were very much like coming out of kind of coming out of an anime factory i was more interested in like like sarah said like the show is very vibrant with color which is really cool to see and i also just enjoyed the the relationship between the two of them and the and the for once not Will they, won't they? Which is just kind of a... With how often just romances are just will they, won't they? Just the, just the slight change, just a breath of fresh air. This, this show is the anime version of Mr. Boop. <laughs> I, will not be ta- I will not be taking any questions on that statement. Uh, so now we get into the Super Bill Corner and that I'm talking about the Detective Conan spinoff anime. Yes! <laughs> Detective Conan got a spinoff. Is it really an anime? No big... Well, it's, it's more like a web anime because each episode's like 10 minutes, 5 minutes. And the basic premise is Zero, a.k.a. Bourbon, who is a very popular character amongst female fans of Conan, got his own spinoff where he does basically things around town. Nice. Um... And he gets to meet with other well-known Conan characters. Now, I was the show good for me as a Conan fan? Not really. It's just more time with the Conan characters. I'm 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 not a big fan of the spinoffs currently. I think this was fine. 
Um, they're doing another spinoff that's a Netflix exclusive. That's how big Conan is to buy us. <laughs> Netflix is putting their is making this exclusive where they're doing a Detective Conan spinoff of uh, Zero slash Bourbon in a police academy, becoming a police officer. And uh, I, I I just wish as a Conan fan, I wish Conan would take a break, and I just they get more time so I don't have to watch like six months of filler. That's that's my PSA to. TMS or V2, the dedicated Detective Conan studio, <laughs> uh, where, hey, I know you want to do filler and Conan's popular, but could, could we just, like, wait a couple years so that way we can get, like, more manga uh, anime episodes? That'd be nice. Please. So, yeah, if you're if you're a hardcore Conan fan, you could check out Zero Tea Time. If, you, if you're oblivious and just... Don't care about Conan. Just don't don't bother. Just go ahead and skip it. <laughs> Will <Yeah>. do, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was hardcore Bill Corner, but now let's get out of there to somewhere that's more friendly, more of a, a general setting that maybe the whole family could enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to probably what most people would say is anime of the year, is Spy Family. All right, that's our Spy Family discussion. Moving right along. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I. I think the funny thing for me with Spy Family is I knew of Spy Family before the anime came out because the manga has gotten very popular. And it's one of the few times where the manga got people excited for the anime adaptation. I think it's the same way with Chainsaw Man. That's coming up pretty soon. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you two... Did you two read the manga first before you watched the series? No. I just watched it. You just watched it. What about you, Tobias? I I started it because the anime was coming out for the most part. A month or two before it started, I breezed through about half the uh, the manga that's out so far. Mm. So do I really need to explain the premise of Spy Family? Because it feels like everyone's been watching this. Basically, an agent named Twilight is sent on a mission to assassinate this man who only comes out to his to uh, his son's school event. And so to get closer to him, he has to form a family where he meets uh, uh, this girl in an orphanage named Anya, who he adopts, who her special quirk is she can uh, read minds. And she uses that to her advantage. Uh, and she's very cutesy, and people really love her because of just... The situation she gets into and then they meet a a kind of a quiet girl um, named Yor who uh, we later learn is an assassin and basically everyone amongst the family has these secrets um, but are really caring towards each other 
and while Twilight is trying to accomplish his goal of getting closer and closer to his target who he needs to assassinate, which leads to comedy ensuing. Am I missing anything from this general recap? No, I think you got it. Nice. That was off the top of my head. <laughs> and I actually remembered the names this time. Hooray. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess for you two, what have you enjoyed about Spy Family? Or and just your kind of general thoughts? Where to begin? I mean, it's visually really solid. Um, the writing is like interesting and funny. It seems like it could lean more into the action, but it has like just enough action to keep it interesting while just having plenty of just hijinks and comedy sprinkled into it. Um, Mm -hmm. Anya's cute. Lloyd's cool. Yours cute and cool. So, I mean, it's really, it's got it all. Uh, I'm excited for the big white fluffy dog that we've seen a glimpse of. I'm like, I need more of him, please. Um, Bond. I think his name is just Bond. Shut up. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, The spy dog's name is Bond. Good. Yes. Um, Yeah, I think it's cool and neat. I'm also like wondering how long is it going to be before things come to a head and secrets start to get revealed? It'll probably be like five million years from now. And I'm okay with that. But I also feel like it's going to be really interesting when it's like either yours going to be assigned to assassinate Twilight or get in the way of Twilight's mission somehow. I feel like inevitably that's going to happen at some point, but we'll see. Yeah, we will. Um, I feel like the one complaint comic plate of the manga is that it moves pretty slowly, mm-hmm. uh, moves the plot pretty slowly. Uh that there's not as much action as there is the schoolyard comedy so it's it's going to be a bit until i think we get resolution it's a good question with season two coming later this year uh they're still going to be pretty far behind the manga of course but at this rate they probably will overtake it yeah i'll be curious with kind of usually anime can (laughs) beats manga in terms of the pacing and in terms Mm -hmm. of the material they have so i know spy family has been going on for a while i think it's like on eight eight or ten twelve volumes something like that um i i'm curious how much was actually adapted in this first season uh but with you describing it as it being kind of slow pacing i i wonder if the kind of the luster that the that is kind of gained with the series will kind of simmer down if if the plot kind of slows down, and uh, I also because I'm interested too in kind of where this goes because they've been teased from what I'm seeing is just an enemy viewer they've been teasing of Twilight and your being an actual romantic couple nothing has truly happened yet, but they've been teasing it as a eventuality. And so that conflict of how they're going to resolve that on top of everyone's secrets amongst each other will be interesting to see. Uh, but the show leans seems to be leans more into the comedic element. Like, my favorite character is the teacher at the school, Mr. Elegant. 
yeah. <laughs> everything is very elegant. <laughs> like the whole the whole sequence of them going in and being like, "Oh yeah, we just had a complete second set of clothes," and him just marking out, "Oh my god, very elegant." Yeah. <laughs> was was comedic gold for me. Also, would like to highlight the dub for the show is excellent. I am usually not a dub guy. I usually only watch the sub because I'm snobby that way. <laughs> but the dub for this show is really well done. Like the voices are on point. Um, I don't. So far, there hasn't been a miscast to me. Nice. They just they sound how I think they should sound. At least in my head, some person probably thinks they sound bad because it's the internet. But I I think the dub is excellent. And if you like the show, I also highly recommend checking out the dub. This is available on Crunchyroll dub? Yeah. Yeah, it is a Crunchyroll dub, yeah. But it's it's interesting how amongst all of us here, I think we all of us agree that Spy Family is an excellent show and that we enjoy it. But it's not our show of the season, which I'm a bit... Surprise! I'm a bit surprised of. Hmm. I mean, I think it it might be mine. Maybe dance and oh. Shigi Mori are also good, but Spy Family is pretty top tier. The sheer amount of memes that it created really just puts it on top. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think for me, having read it just you know shortly beforehand, one of the strengths for Spy Family is it takes the time to do a lot of the little jokes. Um, it doesn't skim over what could be, you know, inconsequential stuff that you would think would be skipped over in the anime. I, I'm happy to report that the anime adaptation did not skip those at all. We still get like Anya's heh, uh, trademark, mm-hmm. <laughs> trademark quote, heh, uh, in, in here. And a lot of the little faces that we get from her in particular are present in the series. Uh, I'm glad that they didn't seem to skip over anything. Even the the side chapters in the manga, like the penguin episode, I'm glad to see that that made it and was its home thing, uh, the, the the capstone to this season. I think that's really the strength here. And and honestly, because it focuses on the maybe a little too much, I can see where other shows would probably eclipse it individually. But Spy Family is in it for the long haul. We are going to more than likely get a lot more seasons of this. And uh, I, if it follows the manga as well as it has been, it's going to be entertaining. may not be the top for every season, but it's got it in longevity. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. And that, for me, I've thoroughly enjoyed Spy Family. I don't have really any complaints with it. I think, for me, it, it maybe be like just because of the sheer anticipation, anticipation of Spy Family that was kind of built up online kind of dampered my like sure enthusiasm about it which it's just me being me um but i still thoroughly enjoy it and i enjoy every episode that we've gotten so far and and i'm excited for the next core of episodes that we'll be getting in the fall i think it's the fall yeah it's like october just gonna say um weekly shonen jump on the shonen jump app Two dollars a month to get you the entire run of Spy Family. You can easily, if you binge it, you could binge that in one month's time. But totally worth it. Tobias, I have to, I have to thank you because that leads us 
to a great segue. You know what else you can read on the Shonen Jump app that just got added to the vault? Well, tell me, Bill, what else can you read on the Shonen Jump app? <laughs> you, you know, with spying, there also comes war. <laughs> and on the Shonen Jump app, this Kaguya selling Love is War. <laughs> Which just announced that the manga is ending in October. I don't know. Yeah, I know, but this is good. Because for me, I'm hoping that this will make A1 Pictures do finish up and just do all of Love is War. So I'm, I'm really sad that Tobias did not watch this and he's still catching up with season two. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't watch season two at all during the pandemic. I was kind of burnt out of anime at that point. But I'm, I'm trying to catch up now and season two is hilarious and great, which gives me hope that season three will continue to be great season three is pretty great i have my nitpicks like like i mentioned earlier i think the side characters that get introduced for me got lost in the shuffle and i just kind of forgot about them i think there was too many of them introduced Mm. um but there are some really funny episodes like the rapping episode uh which has been kind of seen everywhere on youtube and twitter was really funny and i really enjoyed it i think if i had to name like the best rapping of the season it probably goes to kaguya-san love is war (laughs) for me um bold statement my friend you know everyone's allowed to have their opinions tobias (laughs) i don't doubt it i don't i don't i don't don't say you're wrong have you watched it yet it's a, a bold statement it's it's really it's really good it's really good. It's really um, like I haven't seen the season, but I have seen that one song. It's really good. I I do feel bad for the. I did see the dub version of it, and I was like, "Oh, he tried your best." But just, it just did. It just the flow wasn't there with the it's, dub. It's hard to hit that, yeah. It's really hard, and I and I don't blame the voice actors because they're only given so much time to do what they need to do. I'm just like. It just it didn't hit. <laughs> oh, I feel bad. Um, but I will I will say there I do like that this show doesn't seem to keep the characters in stasis. That things do progress, and that um, Kaguya's kind of assistant, who also who is her best friend, uh, starts to stand up for herself, and. Basically, it's like I don't want to just be your servant. I am my own person, which nice. is, which is really okay. cool. To, which is really cool to see. You also see actual progression between the main two characters' romantic progress, what? which I don't. I don't want to spoil the finale because the finale. I can't wait for Tobias's take on it because the finale was okay. was great. I will say that. Uh, Again, this is the the finale is straight out of the Phantom Thieves or Kaido Kid from Detective Conan, and it's they rip off Detective Conan music. Oh my god! And I was like so happy. Where I was like, 
Oh my god, they're ripping off Detective Conan! They're doing- they did a door eye catch, which is in Conan! And I- my mind was blown. <laughs> uh, I also, um, enjoyed that, um, who's the tech guy that's kind of like, at first, is very much like, I only stay indoors. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, is she is it Ishimori, the guy yeah, with the headphones? Yeah, Ishimori. Where even his kind of uh, subplot grows. And I, I love how in the first season you think, oh, he's just the shut-in, but then he joins the club. He joins, like, the kind of the festival athletic club in the second season. And this, his, his more, him being more fully featured as a person kind of keeps progressing, which I don't want to spoil. You also get more time with uh, Yuki's dad, who is awesome, who is, I think, also voiced by Dio Seiyu. Nice. And, and he has great interactions with Kaguya. It makes her uncomfortable, which is hilarious. Um, and so I don't want to spoil things because I know Tobias and Sarah will probably eventually get to it. Um, the, the way the finale ends, it feels like they're based... They, they're basically done, although they did say they're doing another Love is War thing, but they didn't say it's another season. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like a side thing, kind of like room camp with laid back camp or if it's going to be a movie. But now that the manga is over, I would like for them just to keep adapting what's left and finish it. Um, I, I know how popular the, the, the series is because it's gotten multiple live action adaptations in Japan and the manga has been very popular. So I hope they, that a one comes back and continues to do more just to wrap the story up. Also the animation as per usual is really good. And there's also some great Fujiwara, uh, bits uh for i know she's your best girl tobias um i just uh do, do, do we ever see another in credits dance like in season one uh you're gonna have to watch the show <laughs> oh that's all that's all you gotta say man you, On you it. gotta watch the show you i think the best <laughs> the best i don't think this is a big spoiler but there is a great bit where is a recurring bit in the in the Love Is War show is sh- sh- him she just having to teach um, Yuki something and her just complete yeah. frustration over it, and then <laughs> one, just... one, there's there's a there's a clip going around of her cursing which made me laugh hysterically, and then there's another one where uh, her sister meets uh, the main dude. And he's like, no, he can't do anything. And she's trying to relate to her. She's like, no, I've been trying to teach him like all this crap. And it, <laughs> hilarity ensues. And I don't want to spoil more of it. Um, but yeah, if you've been watching the previous seasons of Kaguya-san, Love is War, I fully recommend it. I can't wait to hear Tobias's reaction to the finale because it was explosive. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the episodes where she teaches him stuff. Cause I just watched the one where she teaches him to sing in the second season, and I love that. Whenever, whenever 
uh, Chica goes serious and is trying to teach him something. It's it's a great episode. Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of like Spy Family. Love is War has always been very solid and has not disappointed. It's not usually my anime of the year, but I always thoroughly enjoy it and recommend it to people. So. And then we have one final show to mention, which I believe, I don't know, Sarah, if you are watching this. Um, no, couple, I've just seen it around a lot for sure, though. Okay. A couple of cuckoos, which is still airing currently because it's another 26 episode show. The basic premise is a girl and a boy get accidentally switched at birth and go to the wrong family. Then it's later discovered that this heir and the parents of both families decide, you know what? You two should marry each other. What? Yes. And one is, one is um, kind of a... The, the, the main dude is a uh, working class, very studious, trying to get through with life. The other one is... Is a the female is a very popular model on Insta, not Instagram. Insta. I, I love Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Japanese fake names. They're the best. So, and that she is the daughter of this kind of hotel magnate, and basically decides you two are going to get married. We think it's good, and at first they don't want to get married at all. They're like, no, we're just going to fake it and just kind of make it horrible so that way our parents can end this. But then, as per usual, with a lot of romantic things, they start to get to know each other better. But there's a complication in that the main dude has a crush on a very studious, very smart girl at the school. And then the one thing I, I don't like is that his, sis, his stepsister gets involved and there's potential romantic things with her, which I'm like, no, Oops. Pl- please no. Please no, I don't like this. <laughs> I was I was hoping it would just be between the main girl and the studious crush he has, and not the sister. But the way that they show her in the opening, she's gonna be in play as a romantic choice, and I'm just like, but you grew up with her, ma'am. <laughs> that that's not good. I don't care that you're not related by birth. <laughs> it's still well, creepy. And especially if, like, he technically isn't, like, switched at birth or whatever, you know? Well. Yeah. Sounds complicated. <laughs> yes. And so I watched this show because I my co-pilot likes to watch these romance shows. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, I'll give this a shot. And so far, I've been enjoying it. But then once they introduce the element of the sister being more actively involved, I'm just kind of like, do you have to go? <laughs> do you have to go down that route? <sighs> but anyway, I, this is probably my, in terms of all the romance shows that were in this season, which there was a lot of them. This is probably not my favorite. Although I will say the animation for this has been pretty good. And it has a very catchy opening song. Um, so, we'll see where this goes. I'm not liking where it's going. 
uh, hopefully it won't go where I want it to go, mm-hmm. but we'll see. And so that has been the mostly me gauntlet of watching too many shows. Yay. <laughs> Yay. up with are we doing anything are we watching anything for the summer season that is currently airing uh yeah i mean for starters overlord 4 is out and i only ever watched the first season uh kind of fell out of it in the second season but not for any reason i can remember i think i was just watching a lot of other stuff uh so now i'm just kind of working on catching up with overlord and seeing if i'm still into it or not and so far it's pretty good i started light chorus recoil which i can only (laughs) quickly describe as essentially minority report but with anime girls um it's great yep and then i'm doing devil's a part-timer 2 it's pretty funny so far and he is in dad mode and i'm like listen Give me anime Mandalorian vibes. Let's go. I'm here for this journey. <laughs> Those are two franchises that I have heard about. Like I, I maybe watched like the first two episodes of Overlord, and I was like, no, this is just gonna be a pervy isekai show <laughs> with the with the main girl. I'm just like, nah, not my thing. I, I imagine there's gonna be a lot of annoying fan art, so you can go do that. But uh, I guess it's it's more than just that though so that's good to hear Mm -hmm. and uh devil's a part-timer is something i've heard about a lot austin has said that show is pretty funny uh i'm usually not an anime comedy guy so maybe i'll like devil's a part-timer uh tobias what are you watching for the summer season well i also started uh licorice recoil and yeah i think it's won me over it's just that kind of anime bullshit that Mm -hmm. uh that i love Mm -hmm. It's uh, it, it's it's high school girls being badass assassins, but they're not like doing flips and over the top. They're just incredibly efficient assassins. Uh, it's, there's something funny about walking down the street and they just shoot a guy and take him off the street, put throw him in a van before anybody sees it. That is just hilarious and it's uh, bizarre to me. Question: Because it's mostly assassin girls, how what is the fan service level on this show? I wouldn't say it's over the top. No. The uh, one of the jokes is that they are all in a cafe uh, in the part-time hours. That's their headquarters is a cafe, and they're like they're cute, and it just focuses on you know, they're they're being cute. And yeah. one of their employees is like a a grizzled old thirty-year-old <laughs> single <laughs> lady that's doing the typical, you know, I'm I'm 28 and not married. I'm terrible and nobody loves me. And it's kind of overdone, you know. It's it's that kind of fan service where it's 
definitely no like upskirt shots or anything of that nature yeah yeah it's not like gross fan service it just seems they're high school girls and they just happen to be badass (laughs) for some reason (laughs) it sounds kind of similar to the to the not the assassin part but it sounds similar to cat's eye (laughs) where cat in cat's eye they're they're burglar thieves yeah and they work in a cafe (laughs) so Maybe this is modern age cat sign. I need to watch the show. Does this show have city pop? They uh, uh, mentioned Minority Report, but it seems like they've caught a bit of a um, reference to standalone complex. Oh, and uh, they've got like a little laughing man uh, hacker dude. Okay, but instead of a instead of a um, oh, what was it from Catcher in the Rye quote? It's a little chipmunk character. <laughs> There's a guy wearing a chipmunk outfit. It's the hacker, the main hacker bad guy on the show. His name's Walnut or something? Yeah. Yeah, Walnut. I noticed in the first episode credits, the um, like it says Walnut, and then there's just like it's glitched out next to the like credit for his voice actor. I thought that was funny. Or their mm. voice actor. Yeah. That's clever. Um, yeah, that was cute. It's uh, It looks to be entertaining. Uh, very silly. Uh, also watching Yuri Deco, the new Science Saru show. It's like uh, Summer Wars VR with a bit of Tom Sawyer uh, proper nouns thrown in for taste. Whoa! And uh, it's uh, it's it's a it's a high school girl. It, it's it is a an AR setup where everything is run by basically likes, like social media likes. That's the currency of the world. Mm. Uh, so one girl is trying to just get really rich in likes and trying to catch a criminal zero. That would get her a lot of likes and meeting this, um, this again, another hacker, very weird hacker type person. And you've got the science series style, um, really surreal character design, really colorful. Uh, like Summer Wars, I compared it to just the sort of overlay where everything is really fantastic in a, a strange sort of way. Uh, I've also heard a lot of people talk about this Uncle and Isekai show that uh, seems to be... Uh, I think Sarah, you posted a video earlier about the it's just for uh, there for Sega promotion. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just saw a thing on Twitter about how the opening, eighty percent of the shots in the opening are references to Sega games, and I'm like, mm. that's interesting. To be honest, the trailer and stuff for this show kind of creeped me out. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this <laughs> or not because the dude seems weird. I don't understand if he's yeah. supposed to be the protagonist or the antagonist of the show, but I think the I think the general premise is this this uncle he gets Isekai to a fantasy world in a typical fashion, but then comes back, so he's like a hyper otaku fascinated with these fantasy concepts that it seems like it could be a play on on the trope. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But if we're using it to make a bunch of Sega jokes. Uh, I think that could be is funny. It, maybe is it as it as good as uh, "Say Hi Girls"? The Sega, the Sega, <laughs> the the real good Sega Isekai with the Dreamcast girl and the, and the Genesis girl, where they yeah, went to possibly. other Sega games. And I think this is another thing that is stuck in Netflix jail. So we're not we won't get it officially until that ends. I'm sure. So we'll have to wait and see. Give that a shot for sure. Uh, lastly, uh, not now, but in September, we are finally getting Studio Trigger's cyberpunk anime, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. 
And uh, they showed the opening animation and the little trailer for that, I want to say, two or three weeks ago. And it is amazing. It's the only cyberpunk thing that I care about <laughs> in that franchise. Understandable. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'm Studio Trigger is always like a coin flip because it's either could be really good or it could be something like the kind of people forget about. Mm. <laughs> kind of like, like um, BNA was like like the next big trigger show and then came out and then I've barely heard anybody talk about it. Yeah. I'm hoping, uh, this really does look like is very stylistically similar in certain ways to brand new animal. seems like a modernish setting. The color scheme seems to be pretty similar in ways. Of course, it's going to be way more violent and, you know, with humans instead of animal people, of course, mm-hmm. but with Netflix money, maybe this will just be a second run at that concept. Uh, mm. I, I, mean, I I wasn't looking forward to it either. Cyberpunk just kind of came and went, and that was there. But the trailer they just showed off was pretty damn good. So that has made me hopeful. Mm. Okay, first, before I get to my shows, Tobias, you've seen Say Out Girls, right? The Sega video game anime? I saw a few episodes of it. I'm, I'm a big fan of Good to Good Fairies, uh, which came before. So I, I, I'm aware of what it is, yes. Okay, I was just double checking. Mm. Alright, and as for me, when I, of course I'm watching another teasing show. Uh, Will, I'm about to make his move. It's by the same creator as Teasing Takagi-san, which is the best teasing show that has come out out of this subgenre. So far, it's it's kind of the bread and butter of all the teasing shows, like like. Um, Takagi-san and Nagataro and all these kind of different subcategories. Um, it's been okay. Um, I feel s- we'll see where it goes, but so far Takagi-san has been my favorite. And then my other show I'm watching is Yakuza's Guide to Baby- Babysitting, which is basically, as the as the title says, a Yakuza is assigned by his Yakuza boss to watch over his daughter. And his daughter is very cute. Um, and so far he kind of gets along with her. I was kind of hoping that it was going to be more just kind of like oil and water where they don't get along and they grow to like each other, but it doesn't seem to be going that way. Mm. I I was hoping he'd more, be more like, um, the characters from the Sega Yakuza games, but, uh, that that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, and then I, I'm just happy that the summer season is much quieter and that I get a break <laughs> and that I will be able to finish potentially Maze on Ikoku and then uh, go on to Kimigari Orange Road. So, we'll see. <laughs> that um does anybody have any final things they'd like to say about the spring season um wrapping supreme spring 22 <laughs> that's it that's all i got <laughs> uh no i mean i feel like this is uh, a number of great shows a lot of entertaining stuff that came out of nowhere i said before um i feel like a lot of it was really just entertainment but your boy kong ming 
for me, uh, not gonna lie. I think that kind of changed changed my life. Kind of changed wow. um, how I thought about anime to a degree, and it, it was great. It was one of those things that I think I will keep with me for a while. I do love that I am seeing some common cosplay. There was one person that dressed up as Kongming with uh, uh, the Idol Master character Hibiki oh my in, God. In, on, the, on the back of his costume, <laughs> which is perfect. I think if you're big into idols, you could basically do a Kongming cosplay and then have your idol that you want to be a, your representative fan of on the back, and it would fit no matter what franchise, whether that be Idol Master, Love Live, uh, uh, any other idol shows that Sarah will remind me about. Uh, <laughs> that I don't Idolish Seven. <laughs> yeah, Sidem, those those things. Uh, too many idols to count. And for me, I will say this is probably going to go down as one of the most memorable seasons for me because of all the shows I watched. And I will try not to ever do this again because this was too many, even for me. <laughs> pace uh, yourself. I need to pace myself. And uh, just reminder to everybody that just because online says you need to watch the show doesn't mean you have to. Go at your own pace and watch the stuff you want to watch. If you just watch like one or two shows for the season, I think that's great. For yeah, example, Bill, call me uh, out. <laughs> Austin only watched Spy Family, and I think that's great. So that's what you should do. Watch what you want to watch, and and don't feel the pressure by me or by anybody else to keep up with the seasonal grind because that'll lead to burnout, and we don't want burnout. And you know what? You know what we like to do? We like to wrap it up with the crunchy gordito shell that is plugs. So why don't we get to plugs, everybody? So, Sarah, where can people find you and your wonderful takes on things? You can find me on Twitter at UniqueXHarmony. Uh, I'm there yelling about idols a lot, usually. A big fan of the idol yelling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and the gotcha SSR praying. Yep. <laughs> hopefully, we get, hopefully we get a good SSR role. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> And Tobias, where can they find you? I am also on Twitter at Reverend underscore Tobias. Nice. And you can find me, if I didn't bore anybody to tears here, at Twitter at WB Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N, with three nines. Maybe named after Galaxy Express. Maybe not. (laughs) I don't know. Um, and all my hot takes, all my noir hot takes, all my anime hot takes, all my Conan takes, all my One Piece takes, all my Lupin takes, according to Tobias. All the hot One Piece discussioning happening on Bill's timeline. <laughs> constant yeah. arguing. Constant, constant fighting with people. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find all our episodes on thirdimpactanime.com where we've been cranking them out lately. What has been our most recent one that we've done? Probably the Cross Frontier movies. Yeah, that's coming up pretty soon. You and Austin talked about the Mad Cross Frontier movies. That was good. We I've also done a few manga episodes, mostly on Jinto Ito. And uh, just 
you'll find a variety of things on our feed that'll suit your interest if you're into anime and manga. Uh, so you can check us out there, and you can also find us on Twitter at ti underscore anime. Hopefully, I got that right. Yes. Yeah. Giving myself a pat on the back for that one. And we will call it a night or a day whenever you're listening to this. So thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you had a good spring 2022 watching. And we'll see you in the next one. Elegant.